Hey Lars, how are you? Pretty good, how are you Priya? Good, good, good. Okay, I'm gonna give you a few minutes to basically introduce yourself and who you are. Yeah. Right? Because I wanted to come from you. Yeah. <laughs> We've been friends for, for a while, but... Yeah, I think, I think, I think you can do just yourself. Now. Yeah. So about we start with the story how we met. Cool. Maybe Go if you need to write that. Yeah, that's fun. Uh, so I'm originally from Germany. Uh, I'm 21 right now. And I came to Canada after I finished high school in Germany. And many just to pretty much spend a year abroad and get to know other countries. Um, but then coming to Canada, I met awesome people like Puya and Thank I got you. an amazing job uh, as a software developer and uh, just broadened my vision for what I can actually do so, so much. So I decided to stay and now I'm already here for about two years, a bit more than two years already. Um, generally, I, I like everything that is technical. Uh, I'm a software developer um, and yeah, I, I, I have a huge curiosity for anything technical basically. Uh, I've never studied, so my, my angle on, on what we do at work and uh, how I see um, the world in terms of education might be a bit different from, from the standard, um, but I see this as, as a valuable thing actually. Um, and generally I, I would describe myself as yeah, being pretty relaxed. Uh, not overworrying things, not overthinking things. And I think for like the last four or five years, I have been constantly trying to improve myself. And this started basically with running. Uh, when I was 17, uh, I was not happy with, with how I looked and how I felt about myself um, because I thought I was not, not sporty enough. And this is when I started running uh, really intensively. Mm -hmm. And uh, I got more and more into the competitive running landscape, which was really interesting. Uh, and this just completely changed my life. You feel inherently different running. Right, right. Um, exercising for a long time makes you just um, adapt your mind so much uh, to pain and not necessarily pain in a bad way, but yeah. just going through it and, 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 and sticking with something, uh, even if it's uncomfortable. Uh, yeah, becoming comfortable with, with being uncomfortable. Right, philosopher. Yeah. And um, that really changed my life so far. And this pretty much is also what brought me probably to make the decision to try something else than just going to university straight out of high school, which is the, the normal path you would probably choose in, in Germany if you were um, in, in, in the area that I were in terms of, of high school. Um, so that's basically my story so far. And, and right now I'm looking into new things that interest me. Um, physics recently had been uh, becoming more and more interesting to me, uh, thanks to Puya. Oh, thank you. Who yeah. had been introducing me quite a lot into all kinds of things. If I have a chance to inspire anybody, I would do it, to, to go for physics. Definitely, <laughs> for physics all the time. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's me. Awesome, yeah, that, that's, that's, I think that's very cumulative, uh, give or take, I'll get to details, but um, yeah, it was so, Actually, you mentioned not conventional way for a lot of people in, in Germany or if I think in terms of going to university, I think if, if people have the opportunity in anywhere in the world, they would want to, well, the normal would be, quote unquote, normal would be to go to the university first, right? Yeah. But interestingly enough, that's not what I did either. I didn't go to university right off the bat yeah, from yeah. high school. So that's, I guess, one thing I have in common amongst many. Um, all right. So I'm going to, so what strikes... Uh, so what you strike for me as is someone 
who adopts a, a very specific lifestyle. Well, that that might be confusing because a lot everybody will say, okay, everybody has a lifestyle, but that's yeah, yeah. not necessarily true. I mean, very specific in terms of lifestyle. That's very important to you, and you're willing to take chances and you know experiment with things and try them out. If it doesn't fit, let them go. If yeah. it fits, adopt them. Right. So that that's how you I, I see you give or take. And one of the things that I notice is that you're very health conscious. Um, I mean, I, I'll hand it off to you if you want to correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, in any of it, uh, and, and and I think that's important, and I will get to that. But um, what made you want to be paying so much attention to your lifestyle, to your health, and any but anything else in in, in this area? Mm. Uh, this is interesting. I think this starts with yeah becoming health conscious around the time when I started running. Right. So I, I really put an emphasis on, on wanting to lose weight. And uh, You I weren't was, fat per se, were you? No, okay. I was not overweight. Um, I was actually, I think my BMI was at like the middle range. So mm -hmm. I, I was totally fine health-wise. Cool. Um, but, but you still wanted to be. Exactly. I, I wanted to, to lose weight. Right. Uh, and that was my, my first thought or my first mission I had and, and I achieved that by looking into okay what actually makes people gain fat, um, what nutritional sources I should choose in order to not do that uh, and then of course reading online you get introduced to so many things. Uh, first of all starting with of course what is fat, what is protein, what are carbs, how much should you have of each each day, mm -hmm. uh, what's the What's what is the um, what different sports makes an, an an impact for you? So running, for example, is the most extreme form of of calorie uh, exhaustion that you can do. Right. Uh, swimming too, but uh, I, I played a lot of tennis, and that's just not comparable at all. Okay. Um, I didn't do tennis that much. Completely uh, different. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Uh, it's fun, but it's it's more of something cognitive, right? right. Running uh, is is more for for, for calorie burning and, yeah, and you don't, kind of you don't think too much when you're running. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, well, that's that's actually quite interesting. I, I think running is somewhat meditational, cool. and I really feel different after it. And um, it's it's funny. I had not been running for about the, the last year oh. uh, because I had a small knee injury. But just today, I bought new running shoes cool. because my old ones were just yeah, cool. literally I torn up and out. Uh, so I want to get into it again uh, starting this week, um, and I think. Coming back to that question, yeah, starting out with trying to slim down um, and then generally just figuring out that, hey, actually eating the right stuff at the right time makes you feel so much better. Not only changes your looks, but also your um, psychology right. um, in, a, in a huge sense. And then things like intermittent, intermittent fasting uh, and fasting in general are super interesting and, and how they change your mind. Yes. Can you thinking. can you elaborate on what intermittent fasting is for somebody who doesn't know? Yeah. Uh, basically. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> intermittent fasting uh, meaning means that someone is fasting for uh, a large amount of the time of a given day. Uh, so for me, that would, for example, look like I would be eating in uh, an eight-hour window, and I would be fasting for a sixteen-hour window. So this means I would not have breakfast at all and would have my first meal of the day, which would be a late lunch at like 3 to 4 p.m. Mm -hmm. uh, and then not eat anything after 10, 11 p.m. Cool. Um, and there's a mechanism that your body activates and, and um, is based on ketones that your liver produces 
that is an energy source for your brain. And basically, whenever your brain consumes them, uh, it's it's a different energy source than when you have, for example, cars. Right. Uh, and for me, this just feels so much different. I feel much more lightweight. Uh, I feel much more quicker uh, in, in thoughts I have and ways of thinking. Um, and it is quite a focus on hands are like working in this mode is, is much more enjoyable. Right. Um, so these things, uh, seeing what big of an impact they can have on my psychological side, definitely made me much more aware of, of what I actually want to eat. Uh, and then of course, yeah, basically just teaching myself what to eat and what not to eat. Cool. That, no, that's pretty good. I think, uh, well, one of the things that you mentioned, you're basically going at, that's super interesting. And I learned from you, I think in that area, but you and Dan, which is not with us today. This is the first episode that we have on this podcast, actually, that Dan is not with us. Um, but so, so yeah, you, you guys really inspired me to be more health conscious, I think. Yeah. And that's super interesting. And you both, yeah, have that mindset that you go about doing your research, um, thinking about it. Okay, this makes sort of sense. Let me try it out. If you don't like it, you throw it out. But if you do, you just uh, you just stopped it and didn't take take on from then on. It's pretty cool. Uh, I've been doing this for a while. Um, thanks to your uh, you know inspirations. Of course. Um, and, and, uh, well, I, I'm happy. <laughs> I, I'm not gonna say everybody's yeah, yeah. gonna be happy, but I think, no, it is I think, crazy how it changes your life. Yeah. In, in, yeah. In, in big ways. Uh, I think of course, like the obvious things are not drinking alcohol. Oh yeah, um, not smoking. That's that's another thing you and Dan have in common. You, yeah. you both try not to drink alcohol. Yeah. Um, like I'm, I'm not a not a not drinker. Sorry, I'm I'm not a not drinker. No, that's true. Uh, I drink occasionally, mm -hmm. um, but in really rare circumstances, two times a year, and then maybe have one beer, cool. one one glass of of champagne if it's some kind of a festivity. Uh, but I just personally don't enjoy it and I don't really see any gain I get from it. Right. Uh, there are much more interesting things you can do that, that right. don't hurt your body that yeah. much because yeah. it's, it's insane on, on what of a scale of, of drugs in general, uh, alcohol hurts your body. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, even, even if you just do these obvious things, um, not smoking, not drinking or exercising, uh, yeah. for 20, 50 so minutes a day. Weed. <laughs> Sorry. So you don't want weed? <laughs> no, maybe. Um, not, not really. Yeah, uh, also, uh, if so, really, really occasionally, but not, not generally. Cool. And I think if you nail these thing, three things, then your life already changes so much to the more positive side. No, that's fair. That's really fair. And uh, so, all of that, you have another unique quality in terms of lifestyle, if you will, and that is the fact that you really like to challenge yourself, push yourself to the boundaries, you know, go to the unfamiliar realm, you know, uncomfortable realm and mm. take on something that you know it's, you're not comfortable with. You're terrified of it. You go push yourself towards it, do it and make yourself. Yeah, one of the things that you mentioned is being becoming comfortable with not being comfortable. Yeah. And that's amazing. That's, that's actually very well said. And that's... I guess the holy grail of challenges, right? Um, so why do you do it? Are you like crazy or something? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I actually think it's, it's a common thing that, that uh, a lot of people that I uh, look up to share uh, with me to some degree. Right. And uh, I have so much to improve in that way, but I think it already improved me so much. But you want to give to some me, examples you're, you're, yeah, you're, I mean, you look it, up to, I mean, yeah, it, it starts with running, running, is uncomfortable, right? Sure. Uh, you start out 15 minutes and you're like, yeah, this is okay. And 
then you are at like the 19th minute uh, when you're like an unexperienced runner and you're like, wow, this is actually pretty hard. And then at minute 25, you're like, this actually is pain. Yeah. Uh, and going through that is the only way to progress with running, right? You have to uh, somehow run more than you were last time in order to, to get somewhat better out in the long term. Sure. Um, if, if you want to always improve. And there are just so many things in your life that, that you can do. Uh, it's yeah, waking up early is uncomfortable, True. but it has a lot of benefits. Right. Uh, first of all, just getting up early in the morning starts your day, right? Uh, you have this mindset that you already accomplished something by getting early up, yeah. uh, getting up early. Um, and I think if, if you have this mindset, okay, I already did that. I already woke up at right. 6am, 6.30, whatever the time is. Uh, well, then I can probably also sit down two hours now and do something on a project that I should, probably should be doing. Right. Uh, even if it's uncomfortable, but there, there's this, this, this mindset that just, uh, starts to, um, be like a, trickle effect but basically oh now i've already done this mm -hmm. i already started my day so great um as, as, as a perfect template now i can also execute the rest perfectly Fair enough. this makes it much easier and for me it, i i think generally it makes life easier to to do the hard things um i probably would so it's counterintuitive but actually it is the easier choice yeah the long term over the long term well 100 over the short term no <clears throat> Um, but yeah, I think running is the best example of that. Taking cold showers also. Cold showers, used, right? Yeah, good at getting used to that. Uh, it, it maybe sounds kind of weird, but I think getting used to these things, um, just also changes your, your mindset of how comfortable you are talking to a stranger. How comfortable are you to go up to that girl and, and ask her for something, right? Right, right? And these are definitely still areas I have to improve a lot in and I want to improve a lot in. Um, but doing it continuously and pushing yourself, I think it's just the most important thing. Yeah, I agree with you. I was, um, like, I, I know like a lot of people are right now listening to the podcast. A lot of people, I'm sure about audience are actually doing what, what you're saying and you're doing, but at the same time, I'm pretty sure there are going to be a ones or twos that are going to be like, Oh, but what would I want to go for running? Like you mentioned, if you want to become better, for example, at running or be able yeah, to run yeah. longer. But they're like, okay, I'm not going to be running from bears. It's like we're living in a civilized society. Why would we want to do that? Yeah. I mean, waking up, okay, you have reasons to support that, right? Yeah. But but some of the things, for example, why would you want to be comfortable with people? Why would you want to be run fast? Well, especially run fast. It's still, you know, being comfortable with people makes more sense because, yeah, well, yeah. of course you want to be comfortable yeah, talking to people. Benefit from that. But why would you want to be running faster or, or longer or farther? Uh, I think it's just proving to myself that I can be better than what, what I think I, I can be. Um, mm. it's, so it takes, it takes a psychological toll maybe. Yeah. Oh, psychological okay. toll. Definitely. Uh, it's, it's this, this, this thing that, that if you say, okay, I'm gonna run the 10 K this Sunday morning and you set out to do it and it, at the ninth kilometer just hurts so fucking much. Um, but, but going through that pain, I think actually teaches yourself a lot that you can go through these rough periods, yeah. um, quite easily, but just trying to not let this pain get get into you and stop you cool just yeah to go sense. through it plow through it and especially when once you're done you just feel amazing mm -hmm. um and then of course you still have physical exercise benefits right true i yeah. mean if you now run 5k or 10k that's probably not that big of a difference um but still it, it psychological it is a really huge thing for me cool so it's a win in your back yeah definitely uh, built in anyways uh so cool that, that's good that's all good and done that's the you had an experience that you shared with me a couple of years ago or so. I don't even remember. One and a half years ago, perhaps. Yeah. Um, 
first you shared me with, shared with me the first time, and that was this thing called Burning Man, which I'm sure a lot of people don't know what it is. Yeah. Do you want to get into that? Oh yeah, hell cool. That's it. <laughs> Burning Man is interesting. Um, so Burning Man is basically, if you see it from like a forty thousand feet perspective, it's basically um, seventy thousand people once a year coming into the desert of Nevada, okay. camping there to do basically... To gamble? Uh, Las Vegas? No, uh, Vegas no, no it's, it's close by. <laughs> the weather is the same. Um, but basically you do whatever they want. And in a, in a positive sense. And it's not that there are guns allowed or super uh, crazy uh, fucked up things happening. But it is more so that you can create an alternative world. And this alternative world called Burning Man um, really amazingly works on a gifting system. So the way it works is that um, 70,000 people come together and they build up camps. Mm -hmm. And every camp provides something. So uh, I was this year with a camp called the Red Herring. Mm -hmm. And we would provide a space for people to come in. Uh, there was in the form of a 40s hotel room. We had a fireplace, we had a bed, we had a small stage, we had uh, opera and violin performances uh, throughout the night, throughout the day. Uh, we had live DJs playing on this on this uh, stage. It's it's amazing. And this was pretty much our gift to the pyre. This was the thing that we did to to serve other people there uh, or right. to give them something. Uh, but this this gifting economy uh, is is amazing in the fact that you go to Burning Man and you do not have any money on you mm -hmm. for a week. You don't have a cell phone for a week. Oh, and you experience the most amazing things that you've ever experienced in this in this one week. How do you check your Snapchat or Instagram? <laughs> I don't have Snapchat, by the way. I don't, uh, I don't even know how that works. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I, I don't have Snapchat. I, I have Instagram. <laughs> Instagram, I'm sorry. Uh, okay, cool. But even that, I probably check like once a week. Uh, sure, cool. There is internet if you really want to. If you like go to the edge of, of the... Well, Burning Man is not technically a festival, but it's... Yeah, if you call it a festival. If you go to the edge of it, uh, there is some internet, but generally there is just no reception. So, cool. yeah. It's the middle it's, of the desert, right? Yeah, I, I, so I think it's amazing. Like the fact that you can use your phone is amazing. Uh, it's is there weird. electricity there? Uh, well, people bring generators, right? Okay. So uh, it is kind of sophisticated uh, camping culture, so to speak. So people set up pretty sophisticated camps sometimes. Right. Um, with a big kitchen, uh, generator, showers. Cool. Uh, and then you have the other end where people just literally come in a tent and they just, I don't know, maybe get a shower twice here and there from some other camp right. and bring some uh, protein bars. And, and that's about it. So there are these two extreme ends, and, and there had been a lot of discussion going on lately with uh, how much money um, there's going into these camps. And uh, generally, the, the purpose, uh, at least in my eyes, of Burning Man is that, that you should go there and, and uh, give something. Mm -hmm. And there, there had been a lot of discussion about these plug and play camps they're called lately, where uh, people basically just pay a lot of money to get into these camps, but they don't really provide anything back. Right. Um, so there's a lot of discussion going on, but I, I don't even want to speak that much about it. In general, Burning Man is an amazing experience. Uh, Why is it called Burning Man? Uh, so it started right? out in San Francisco. Um, 
And basically this whole event is uh, surrounded or uh, aims around this, this, this man, he's called the man. Uh, it's a big statue, mostly made out of wood. Uh, and he's burned at the um, ah. second last day of the event. And it's always a big spectacle. So you have fireworks, you have big fire where everyone gathers around. Uh, and it is just, yeah, the, the sign of, of Burning Man, basically. And there's one piece of art. At Burning Man, there's just so much art, so much amazing art. Uh, so basically, we have all the camps relatively closely together, and uh, they all are in a half circle. Mm-hmm. And in between these camps and further out in, in what you would call the playa, Mm-hmm. Uh, there's lots of art spread out uh, in the see. desert. So art could be anything, uh, basically, from uh, a door standing in the middle of the desert without any hint on hint on, on, on what the artist intended with that door, uh, to yeah, literally paintings or sculptures. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of variety. You, you can climb onto stuff, you can interact with people. And it's just amazing what conversations this strikes if you're on a bike in the middle of the desert. Right. Um, in, in, in clothing that, that you think represent you the most. And then there's maybe some kind of, of, of sandstorm coming up. You have no idea where you are. You end wow. up with some art piece and then you just meet random people and you talk art. You start talking about. The meaning of life and, and what do you think is most important for, for you, for humanity? What do you think about this art piece? Like these, these random conversations are just so, uh, interesting. And I, I think it's really hard to reproduce them outside of, of, of Burning Man, mm-hmm. uh, at least and, 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 and like a general environment. And yeah, in general, just this fact that this is a gifting economy strikes me so bad. Uh, it's so, so, so hard. Um, taking money after Burning Man into your hands feels weird. And going into a coffee shop and buying a coffee, uh, instead of going somewhere and being like, hey guys, how's it going? Uh, can I help you out? Can I give you a hug? Um, to, to basically uh, ask for a coffee straight ahead. Uh, and someone gifts it to you, um, or I don't it's know. It's like going to Starbucks and being, can I get a coffee? And they're like, sure. And yeah, yeah, give me a hack or something, <laughs> and, then you, and then you get it. Or I don't know, you have to do, uh, <clears throat> I don't know, paint something or anything. Like, the, the, the thing is that gifting doesn't mean that you have to give something back necessarily, right? right. Uh, but sometimes it's just super cool to do that, even just to, to give the person a hack and be like, hey, this is super cool what you guys are doing. Uh, and this this range of gifting can be, or it is so huge, this range. Uh, it starts with people uh, giving hugs, which I think is an amazing thing to do. Uh, but it's, it's relatively basic, right? It's, it's amazing, but it's no, relatively it's, basic. It's very good. Um, but then on, on, on the other spectrum, you have people who, w- what they basically give back is, is they carry an enormous art piece that they worked on for a whole year, uh, maybe even more, into the desert. And they build it there for weeks before in like the hottest of environments you can imagine on planet earth uh and i just do that so you can go there in the middle of the desert of nirvana um and can have a look at this art piece and i think that that, that is amazing um, 
but there's so much in between this range. Right. Uh, and, and of course, it's hard to attach values to, to what someone would give to you, right? And I, mm -hmm. I don't even want to do that. But you, you can pretty much find anything, whatever you, you, you can imagine there. Uh, and then, of course, the, the like humans just inherently uh, behave different. It's, it's not true for everyone there, right. but a large group uh, just is different, not having money, not having cell phones. Mm -hmm. uh, knowing that, that this is the place, well, it sounds maybe somewhat, maybe it's not the right direction, but I, I would call it it's a place to do the, the stuff you usually don't do. Uh, which doesn't mean bad things. I think good things, or that you maybe are afraid to do in, in real life. Right. And my goal is is to take back as much as I can from this world into my life, to not be afraid of certain things, to to be more open to people, to be more gifting, and and to be more acceptant of if, if things maybe don't turn out the way you want to because someone else wanted it another way, mm -hmm. but still work with that and then be accepting of that. And uh, I I think that it just in me tremendous value um, and every year I've been there twice so far um, the perspective just completely changes on what's going on there and it's it's really interesting because I spoke to uh, some older more, more senior burners burners they're called people that had been there for for 20 25 years uh, and they said yeah for me, still changes every year what I experience here and what what I take home. So it's it's not a music festival that you go to to, to experience music. Right. Uh, it's more so for figuring out how your inner workings actually function and and how you you socialize. I think that that's the biggest biggest reason to go there. And of oh, course, that's, to have fun. That's amazing. It seems like a very big world. So I guess we can like talk about it forever. Yeah. But but we don't have forever. Mm -hmm. But you did talk about the fact that some of these like interesting big questions, but interesting questions, you don't always get a chance to talk about on a day to day basis. And when you're yeah. meeting your pals, so yeah. let's talk about it here. You mentioned like, what is the meaning of life? Yeah. Well, I, I don't want to get a philosophical conundrum of what is the meaning of life per <laughs> se, but I want, yeah. I want to say, what is most important for you? What is your purpose? What is your mission, if you will? Yeah. I'm not talking about the goal that you have for tomorrow or, or the day after or maybe five no, yeah. years. I'm saying like the ultimate goal or purpose of your life. What are you trying to achieve? <laughs> I mean, tomorrow definitely uh, being alive. That's, that's important. Uh, that's definitely... <laughs> um, but in general, I think it's, it's about improving humanity. And what constitutes improving humanity though? That's a good question. And I, I think it is quite interesting in, in the perspective of capitalism. Okay. Uh, improving humanity of providing something that enables humanity to, to progress. Cool. Um, which might be a new online software, which might be a new mode of transportation, uh, which might be a new medication, mm -hmm. uh, which might be a new, more efficient way of housing. Uh, so okay. there, are, there are these, these, these things that progress humanity and, and I, I think, yeah, the, the ultimate way at the moment, at least in this capitalistic world to create value mm -hmm. is to create a business that actually progresses, as I've said. So not building a business that that's primary aim is, is for making profit. Well, let's say the primary aim is, is for making profit and the secondary aim is for progressing humanity because in the end, the company is still a company and if you want this company to be alive, then it has, of course, to be profit-oriented. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, there's, there's no way, like, when you're talking about, we're living in an economy, uh, economy-based planet, and, yeah. and that's, that's fine. There's nothing wrong about it. 
there are wrong things in this world. Oh yes. And uh, of course there are. Like there, I just want to be very clear. I'm not saying, but at the same time, like a lot of the time, people attribute that to the fact that we are living in an econ economic planet, which I don't. Honestly, I don't see any particular alternative. Maybe on a short scale in a smaller community yeah, for yeah. a shorter period of time, like Burning Man, you can do different yeah. types of economies. But I don't think that would be very sustainable over a long period of time and with 7 billion people on this planet. Yeah. So so I think that's, that's perfectly fair. But obviously, there are bad players in this big game of ours. Hmm. And I think, uh, I, think, I think those bad players basically, you know, ruin some things. And... Um, and that's not actually a lot of them. I think that's in the minority. I really believe in people and I really believe in uh, that most people are actually good. They might sometimes be confused. We all are at some point <laughs> yeah, or at yeah. one degree or the other. But it's not like they're evil. Most people. Not, I'm pretty sure there are evil people. Yeah. Um, I actually have encountered a few of them, but they were really... I most think, people. Yeah, yeah to, to have a point on that, I, I actually think that... Every human is generally having good will and, and wants other humans to, to succeed right. to a degree too. Uh, and I, I really believe in that we basically start out at, as a blank slate when, when we are born. And, and everything that we that determines how we behave with, let's say, the age of 25, 35, 45, is all based on memory on what we had until then. Uh, yeah. So I, I think it is not always necessarily the, the, the person's fault that they're misbehaving. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it is to some degree the, the environment, but of course yeah. you you have to have this ability to, to go around that and see that your environment is actually shitty right. and, and change that and get out of there. Uh, and I think that's, that's, that's one of the biggest human capabilities that, that you can have to assess that you're not in a good position. Mm -hmm. You want to move on. So I think generally people are good. I right. No, I, I think so. so uh, there are definitely, uh, yes, of course, there are people that I disagree with on a psychological level uh, on, on, on certain things. Um, but I think even that is a level of misunderstanding. Sure. Yeah, uh, and, and of course, it, it comes from backgrounds, right? So it starts with religion uh, and, and goes into some, some political things right. uh, yeah. that I totally disagree with. And um, it's, it's just hardly brought up. It's, it's just what their memory of, of what they basically processed so far in their life was. And uh, when you take it into account, I, I don't think that there are uh, necessarily truly bad people out there. Yeah, I, th I think especially nowadays that we have, you know, such a polarized world and specifically yeah. in America, I suppose. Oh, yes. We don't live in America, but we're all, all affected by America in one way mm -hmm. or the other. But in general, in the world, you see the rise of populism. and um, the fact that... So I think it's very important to understand that the other people are not really your enemy. Like, they're not. I, no, they're yeah. not. But we, yeah. I, more and more when I turn on TV, I don't turn on TV, but... I don't have a TV, but yeah. when I'm basically... I know what you mean. You know what I mean. Like, you yeah. see the news, you see some people are talking. It feels as if they're treating each other as enemy. Yeah. I don't know if they believe it or not. I mean, again, it's fine to disagree. And if it's, it, I think it's healthy to have a healthy, rational conversation, right? Of course. But at some point, they turn into chaos and mayhem. Yeah, yeah. And obviously, we don't want to do that. So, so how do you deal... So, if, if somebody's idea or well, the way they think, or very specific thing or in general, is radically different than yours. Mm. Like day and night, black and white different. 
how do you engage a conversation? Assuming they have the rationale to come have a conversation with you, how do you bring them to that rationale? How do you yeah, how do you engage them in this conversation? Uh, I think it really depends on the situation. In general, if if uh, I'm not affected by it, uh, of them having this view, then I would probably just lay out the points as I think they are. Uh, so if it's for example about religion, uh, about what specific religion someone holds or what their views are on it. Um, then I would just yeah, basically lay out the points and on how I think about it, uh, let, let them uh, rationalize about these points, think mm -hmm. about these points, mm -hmm. and uh, let's let, let seeing if they come on their own to the conclusion based on this on these points. And this comes back to the memory I, I just talked about. These these points are also just memory that that you, your brain, your consciousness has to process and then to reason about. Uh, and maybe they're not convinced on the spot, but maybe one year later they're like, "Yeah, this this actually makes sense." Right. Uh, so I I think there there's that where where I want to uh, help someone because I think my view is better. Right. Now that's a pretty dangerous thing to assume that my view is better. So usually I don't want to try to to convey to someone or try to convert to someone and 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 say, "Hey, you should definitely think about this this way." Right, uh, I, I think, I think that's, a lot of people do argue or start a conversation with that only in mind. Like yeah. they really try to change the other person's mind. Yeah, I think that's just just not my goal. If I see that that I have, uh, or that I could solve a problem in his life by mm -hmm. changing his view on something, uh, then yes. But otherwise, I I, I I don't need to spend any energy in turning someone's mind mm -hmm. uh, on on any topic. Um, but on the other hand, of course, if, if it actually impacts me directly um, then I definitely want to see and hear listen to his, his points uh, to learn about his point of view uh, maybe change my point of view uh, mm -hmm. lay out my points right. and be rational about it I think the worst thing you can have in this case is, is emotion especially if it affects right, right. which is quite hard uh, but getting the, the perspective from a friend on it pretty much always helps some, some outsider who is, is not that emotional about it um, and yeah, I think in the end, it's, it's pretty important to just, uh, have strong opinions loosely held. So right. have your strong opinions, have a strong, uh, way of thinking about something, uh, clearly defined way. I, I, that's, that's probably how you would express it better, but then be, be able to change this relatively easily wow. once someone actually tells you something that, that, that makes sense to your brain and is better. Don't stick to something only because you stuck to it before and because you think yeah. that's the right way to go. But be open to, to, to the new things, to the new concepts. And so far, I think this has worked out quite well. No, I think that's a good advice. And maybe, well, you mentioned emotion and I agree with you. Like, mm -hmm. I think in these conversations, emotion is actually not your friend. Yeah. I think emotions are good. I'm not, I don't have anything against emotions per se, but in a rational conversation, emotions don't have a place, um, essentially. So, but, and maybe, the worldwide conversation that we are having, one of the reasons we're not seeing things, I mean, obviously we have emotions about them, but then we don't have a third party who's emotionless in these conversations to yeah. turn to, yeah. to get a new perspective. So we all have emotions. This is quite interesting. interesting. Yeah. Uh, so, so for example, um, and uh, me being a German and, and, and cool. seeing what the uh, time was in the US leading up to, to the uh, latest election, 
um, the, the Trump administration election. Um, it was super interesting to see this, this, this contrast. In Germany, everyone, really everyone thought that this guy could never win. This is a joke. It's totally unrealistic. Um, and that, that even both of these candidates are, are somewhat inherently different from what European politics look like. But then you come to Canada and it's like, yeah, this guy might actually have a chance. Um, and, and you see supporters here, right. which just blew my mind. Interesting. Uh, so I, I think as, as a European country, there's, there, it, it has somewhat this effect of this alien that just can look at you. At, at, at these um, things, someone without emotions still really heavily affected by it uh, right. as, 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 as the German nation. But of course, Wales and Canada is, Canada is just yeah, so close to the US. Um, but I agree, I think it would be interesting. I mean, the, the United Nations to some degree is something like that, right? Um, but also there are so many power dynamics uh, with who has to say how much. Sure, yeah, I mean, I mean there, there's so many problems in, in terms of world politics i suppose but yeah i mean one one in particular regarding the conversation we are having i was thinking maybe maybe well you just mentioned that and popped in my head i didn't really give it much thought um but obviously we have a lot of problems and we have we, we have to be able to have a conversation and we talked about that but, but let's talk about the what problems or challenges of today and tomorrow well, let's start with today. Well, yeah. I guess one of the challenges of today is to start being able to have a conversation, civilized conversation, rather than you know, yeah. shouting at each other or yeah. accusing each other of being the bad guy or something. Yeah. Um, there are any other thing, immediate, like today things yeah. that you think are our challenges? Well, I, I think there are two. Um, one that really closely to what you just talked about uh, and, and more in regards of social media. Right. Uh, social media just acting as uh, as a uh, magnifier um, of our opinions right and we're just slapping these opinions right left to each other and then we're getting nowhere really um so i think we should have more civilized discussions in social media i think that social media in general can be helpful to us that's true it's very toxic in social media it is toxic right? and i think this is somewhat also made apparent by or, or was instilled by this fact that it's the internet somewhat anonymous even though on twitter like well some people are somewhat anonymous some people are on there with the real name but it, it is seen as this platform where you can say anything without really right. having any any backlashes uh at least so far which is changing right um but i think using this tool actually better is is a big challenge mm -hmm. uh, i don't know how it's gonna look like i really have no idea but getting more civilized on that i think that that, that is definitely one goal uh, and then the other one, which is, I think, um, maybe tool to that. And I think the second one, uh, that's much, much bigger than what we just talked about, uh, which maybe what social media can, can help elevate, uh, is of course, uh, global warming. Uh, I think that is mm. a really big problem we have and we will have. And I think, right. uh, a, a lot of people are underestimating it by a lot mm -hmm. and seeing how we are doing with our targets of, of two degrees 1.5 degrees uh it doesn't look that great yeah and i think it, it is part of our uh, responsibility to do something about that and i i think my part definitely in this is not 
to um, live in the woods and don't shower and don't use electricity, but actually do whatever we have, this comfortable life, make it more affordable in terms of CO2 emissions or whatever else we, we um, emit basically that mm. enhances global warming. Um, so I think this is definitely one of the biggest way underestimated challenges humanity faces. And I find it interesting how uh, this will transcend nations. Uh, it's not a problem that, that one nation has. It's a problem that the whole world will have to some degree. Right. Some more, some less. Um, but in the end, we are all responsible for this. Right. Um, so it will be interesting to see. I, I, I think there, there are two scenarios on, on maybe how this could spin out. I think one scenario is that basically a lot of countries will have a lot of damages and a lot of expenses with rising world levels. Um, and a lot of people will have to move, which will be also quite expensive, which will maybe even form new nations to some degree, yeah. new borders, yeah, that's true. Uh, which could involve wars. I totally do not hope so, of course, yeah. um, but I think it's somewhat inevitable. Yeah. Um, and the other option, I think, is um, trying to do as much as we can against it. Maybe actually uh, creating something that, that can take CO2 back out of our atmosphere and, mm -hmm. and decrease, maybe even lower our right. maximum temperature increase to, let's say, one degree, mm -hmm. which would still have an impact, uh, which we are already definitely uh, sensing today. But having an input, uh, an impact that's definitely manageable. Um, but of course, it is interesting uh, on, 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 on an international level on how to realize these things, right? How much is each country going to spend on this? Mm -hmm. uh, if the US is going to spend 40%, 30% of the tax money, which the party should do to, to reach this target, realistically. Mm -hmm. um, but the but China is not doing it, and their emission is increasing exponentially. Then of course they uh, they will just have such a um, bigger economic growth, economical growth than than the right, US, right. Uh, which the US does not want. Uh, so uh, there has to be some international agreement that mm -hmm. everyone subscribes to this. Which well, wasn't there an international agreement called Paris Agreement? <laughs> well, there is this Paris Agreement, but first of all, it's way too conservative. True. Uh, and, and second of all, of course, there is this guy uh, in the current US administration who just didn't like this agreement yeah. because of commercial interests uh, yeah, but for his own country. Yeah. It, it's, it's really... I Ironical because a lot of commercial, even with commercial interest, like tiny, well, long term commercial interest, you yeah. should be still worried about all this. Yeah. Um, as we speak, the California is burning. I think, right? I don't, I don't have yeah. that, that no, much. No, California right is now. burning right now. Yeah. So, so yeah, I guess, I guess, um, I don't know, man. It's a, it's, it's a tough problem to crack. I don't know if we are, we we have to be able to crack it or we cease to exist. That's that simple. Um, I'm not so sure about the cease to existing. I think there will always be humanity. I think we will still have humanity in a well, I, I, as we know it, it will cease. To oh exist. yes, of course. But at the same time, I'm, I mean, I would say there is a chance that we ultimately cease to exist because of climate change. I'm not saying yeah. we necessarily will. You're right. It might be a different scenario, but you know, it could. Uh, 
it could go to the point that actually we become like a Venus kind planet. I mean, there is a probability. Yeah, yeah. We don't really know how big it is if it yeah. goes really far. Um, but anyway, so, and that, I'm pretty sure that fits the category of problems of tomorrow too. So let's put climate change out of the, mm. out of the problem. Well, it, it is a big problem and we can talk about it forever and we're not doing justice to it, I think. But, uh, yeah. But we we have so much time, so let's just uh, put that aside for 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 a few minutes and then go towards. So, what do you think are the problems of tomorrow beside climate change? Not today, but coming soon. That's interesting. We're on the uh, verge of it, or we're transitioning to the tomorrow or those problems. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what I see pretty big is cybersecurity. Okay. Um, anything that involves any kind of software. And is exposed to a wide network, like the internet, um, has increasingly over the last few years more and more surface, more and more attack surface, and there are just so many things that are broken in the world of software. Right. It's unimaginable. Like uh, the the amount of insecurities that mm. is built in in our software, in our day-to-day -day software, that we trust with money, with our identity, uh, with documents, uh, with making decisions of buying stocks, with making decisions of shutting down or starting this nuclear power plant, uh, with making decisions of firing a rocket or not firing a rocket, uh, which, yeah, to some degree, still, uh, of course, humans uh, build these things and, and probably often, most of the time, still press the button. But these things are all attackable. Right. And whoever has the knowledge and the skills to, uh, yeah, tell a computer what to do on, on the most basic level mm -hmm. uh, can make your device and basically make whatever you want what he wants to do he or she and, and get you data and also one can make what he or she ever wants to do with it and and i think or for me personally identity theft is one of the scariest things i i can imagine that that right. could happen to me um i do not want my bank accounts to be empty the next day I no i don't want that either <laughs> I, I, yeah and i don't want my my instagram to be used for uh, some, I don't know, the next Trump campaign. Like the, the, yeah. these are things that that really scare me, and I think that these are the smallest problems we have. Uh, thinking of of Stuxnet and some other huge hacking things that happened in the in the past. It's kind of insane to think about how much we rely on unsecured software and just really high security places like nuclear power plants, like right. weapon systems. Speaking of nuclear power plants, that, I guess, constitutes a danger now, you don't think? Uh, I like them. I think, I think they're great. Um, <laughs> no, I meant like nuclear warheads, rather. Oh, nuclear warheads. Uh, no. <laughs> well, there might be some benefit 
to maybe terraform a planet or sometime with them, but otherwise I don't see really any necessary. Right, right yeah. Uh, I, I think uh, to, yeah. to have them around, I, of course not. But but nuclear power in general, I think, is, is great. If it's handled right, no, yeah, great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, that, that's a problem, right? Yeah. We, we, we got to be, be a little bit careful with uh, nuclear stuff. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think I agree with you. Security has been definitely has always been a big thing, but then we are becoming more reliable. Uh, we we are more relying on these things as time mm-hmm. grow, uh, passes, right? So it becomes more and more important by the virtue of we depending on these machines much more. So yeah. the security must must become tightened more. One hundred percent more reliable. So yeah, I mean. That's yeah. I think that I would agree with you. That's that's definitely. Yeah. I mean, you have experience in this too, right? You, you right. have developed yeah. software before too, and yeah. and and you have a lot of of knowledge in this area. And for me, it's just amazing to see how simple sometimes security systems can be. Yeah. Uh, for me, you just the, the the knowledge of learning when I was sixteen, seventeen, that you can basically pick ninety eight percent of the locks you see right in less than five minutes with a lock picking kit that costs you less than that 50 bucks right just to some degree scared the shit out of me i'm like why do we have doors even like <laughs> well <laughs> and to okay. some degree i see software and to this to, to, yeah. and, and, and the same view uh okay. there are some mechanisms that are just <coughs> do not help or people just do not think about doing something bad with their software like the developers just don't develop this mindset in mind and i, I don't say or i don't think it should be necessarily like I, I me as a programmer i don't want mm-hmm. to think um 90 of the time how someone could could do bad things with my software or could yeah. misuse it but it definitely should be a part of, of software development it should be much yeah. much much bigger part than it is yeah. right now um you mentioned terraforming another planet are you <laughs> proponent of uh, space uh, space exploration oh know? yes 100 okay. i i think yeah, I, I think we have to do it. I think Elon Musk in this case is, is totally right. That we have to make a backup of humanity and some kind of other Right, planet. right, yeah. Uh, and it's just like any other kind of exploration we have on the planet. And generally it leads to great things. It leads to in, in, innovations. Uh, it leads to new social dynamics. Um, we probably will have some form of new government up there. Right. Uh, it would be super interesting uh, to see how how this actually will, will sustain itself over the long term. Like I think the, the first 10 years will be, well, let's say the, next, the, the first 15 years of having some kind of Mars colony will be a lot of, of technical innovations and will really push humanity in, in these kinds of, of areas. But I think in, in the long run, it will be really interesting to see what, what the social um, strategy up there will look like. Like, will it be its own government? Will it be a uh, planetary government? Will there be governments in between? Maybe it will not even be a government and it will be something completely else. Uh, will it be a dictatorship? Democracy, meritocracy. Uh, it, there are so many options on, on how this could spin out and it also... Uh, it's, it's restricted to a whole new set of, of rules, right? Sure. Uh, on planet Earth, you can just, uh, I don't know, if you, if, you, if you didn't like that country in, in, in the 1800s, uh, well, you could go to America and, and right. make a colony there. I mean, it's definitely not easy, yeah. but it's, it's simple in Norway. You could leave, you could take a ship, and you could go somewhere else. Right. Not easy, but simple. Um, on Mars, that's kind of hard. If you don't want to stay with your colony, well, take a flight back. Maybe you can, maybe you can't. 
Right. Go on somewhere on your own. Maybe you can have a tent, a Mars tent, and mm-hmm. a small Mars station, <laughs> not yourself, yeah. by yourself. But you, you definitely need resources, right? Uh, it's not that you can hunt deer there and that little fish. Yeah, um, no, that's true. And, and and at the same time, like, we as humans been living on this planet for hundreds of thousands of years. So, well, although we are progressing technologically, we... We know what's what about our planet roughly well. Yeah. But well, we have no idea what's happening in Mars on Mars or how do we... Well, you mentioned like you can't go fish. Like That's not a thing. Well, but you can go fish, so that meaning meaning that you, you're bound to, to this colony, right? You yeah. can't just go out and, and do your own thing. Yeah, no, no you can't. Yeah. yeah, you're dependent on someone bringing in resources from planet Earth. At least, I think, for the first few years. Yo, yeah. The yeah, first, yeah. Well, eventually, maybe the, the, the story differs, but yeah, for sure, obviously, at first, yeah, you can... Yeah. Be sustained from but it's actually quite interesting because yeah. I mean building a spaceship is definitely a whole nother level than building a, a, a seaship like a, a shipping ship, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but imagine that 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 would be quite similar to to how colonists evolved on on planet Earth before, right? They they build their own ship. Yeah. They go yeah. to a different country. They go to a different continent. True. With a colony there. Imagine that the same thing would happen with Mars. They build their own spaceship. They go into Mars. Yeah. Declare this is their land, and they just build a colony. That's true. It could, could happen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they didn't have to suffer like. Think about oxygen when they were going, for example, to America. Yeah, and, and <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I meant, right? With fish, right? You can't fish on, on Mars. Yeah, it's yeah. Quite hard. No, there, there are so many. Definitely, there are so many things that we have to consider. Yeah. And we don't want to bring plate to Mars or back. <laughs> so there are so many challenges, but there's no other option. We have to do it. You're yeah. right. We have to have to have backup, as you put it. And ultimately, if you don't do that, then definitely humanity will cease to exist. Maybe be it hundreds of thousands of years oh, or millions of years. But eventually that will happen. Yeah. Like, um, we would have the actual global warming, which is the solar, uh, the sun's uh, surface temperature getting hot, hotter and hotter and will yeah, we, we'll become Venus, basically. So, yeah. so that's, that's inevitable. Uh, anyways, so, um, and also there's another avenue that everybody talks about, so I got to ask you, and that is uh, artificial intelligence. Yeah. You know, uh, <laughs> what do you think of that? Is that a threat is. or is that a, do you love them? Or, I mean, I, mean I, I wouldn't say anything but nice about robots because we're recording everything by them, basically. <laughs> no, I'm joking, actually. Yeah, yeah. Feel free. No, you, you have not a lot of knowledge in this, in this field. And I, I feel... Uh, I feel like it is a bit hyped to some degree. Uh, we have narrow AI at the moment, right. to some degree. So we have machine learning algorithms that just basically take a lot of data in and they give you back some kind of function that given some data can give you some probability of what this is, what you gave it, or what you should do next based on this information. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's a learning machine, basically. Um, and right now the labeling takes a lot of intelligence of, of labeling this data. Mm-hmm. Um, and these are all narrow. So whatever you, you get out of this mm. machine learning um, function, it's narrow to a specific field. Most most of the time, I mean, you you kind of something that's maybe not narrow in the sense of it can it can identify a million different objects in an image, but it's still narrow and it can only detect images. Um, and having something in general AI that that I think people think about something that's that's all knowing, that's more intelligent than human, mm-hmm. uh, that that may be even conscious. I think that's that we we are still quite some some time from that away. But the problem is that we 
could not really see it coming. So right, yeah. it could happen that whatever this this general intelligence is at some point uh, just grows overnight so extremely exponential uh, that yeah, you literally wake up in the next morning and, and we are ruled by some kind of AI. And that's I, I think that is a totally possible scenario. Oh yeah. I think it's not realistic right now. No, but not now. We don't know when it will happen, but it could happen at some point. Um, and I think it is this some kind of danger, uh, also in, in regards to what we spoke about for that cybersecurity. Right, right, yeah. Uh, really a lot of tech surface and it just rules so much of our daily lives. Uh, so I think, yeah, if, if we have better service security, if we have a, a generally uh, maybe a way to integrate AI with our bodies, uh, that, that's, that's the best way to go, uh, combining these right. two. Uh, yeah. I, I think that increases our probability of not fucking it up a yeah. lot. Yeah. Um, and I, I really think that, yeah, well, what Elon Musk is doing basically with um, working on, on a brain interface or maybe not he specifically, but his team, um, is, is definitely an, an interesting avenue. Trying to, yeah. to bind this artificial intelligence with human minds. And of course, this can still go wrong, right? As we talked about, there are some people that we definitely disagree with, that we don't, right. have, we don't like their decisions. So ultimately, I think there's not really a perfect solution. Um, but I think it will have a big impact on our lives, definitely. Yeah, I don't want to uh, delve into that too much, but I would say I think our best hope to, is to be able to merge with them. Mm. I think that if if not the only hope, is definitely the best hope. I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's my view on it. Anyway, so there's so many challenges. I mean, we didn't even touch the surface. I suppose uh, we talked about the most important ones. I, I think we left so many out still, um, but there's so much time to talk about all of this. What I'm trying to get here is that we have so many challenges. We know we got to get our conversations right. We cannot act, uh, you know, the, as groups or cults. We have to work together. There's yeah. no other way around it. It's, uh, it's much more efficient. Anyways, uh, but a lot of people will hear this and they're like, okay, I'm not in tech or I'm not in, I don't know, I don't work on climate or 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 I'm I'm not I'm not building spaceships to to Mars or whatever. So so point being, a lot of people will be like, okay, I as an individual, what am I to do to to help the situation or or not not make it worse, right? Mm -hmm. um, obviously, there are some who are doing it or who want to do it or who are pursuing it, but there are many, probably most people, that are not actively in their day to day job directly. Uh, touching these situations oh, yeah. 100%. Um, as their jobs or whatever. So how do they hack it? What, what should they do? Why do they even have to care or what? Yeah. Or do they have to do anything? Maybe not. I don't know. Yeah, what, yeah. Do you, what are your takes on it? I think in general, uh, talking about it helps. Yeah. Uh, keeping a constant topic, being aware of it. Um, probably the most immediate thing you can do is actually putting money towards it. So there are definitely things you can put money into. That, that will help decrease right. CO2 emissions. Um, so yeah, money has a lot of power. I think that, that definitely can have a pretty big impact. If you have a lot of money to spare, but you don't directly work on it, do it. Um, as well as I think it, a really important other part is calling out these people that maybe don't realize what bad of an impact they have, mm -hmm. uh, that are sitting on these big levers we, we have. 
people that work for gasoline companies, people that right. broker deals between these companies, people that that uh, do not believe in certain futures like uh, electric transportation, mm -hmm. uh, like people that see okay, power plants is too dangerous. And this is my, my total opinion. Like, yeah, on, sure. Uh, I think trying to, to yeah, convince these people, this comes back to exactly what we talked about in the, in the beginning. And I think in this case, it is something that directly impacts me. So really trying to, to convince these people that, hey, what are you doing? Does this have such a big impact on humanity, not just on, on a few people that are living on some remote island? No, oh, yeah. on everyone. And especially with kids and, and grandkids. Right. So I think that that, that is definitely a thing that every, everyone can contribute to. Yeah. No, definitely. I think it's, uh, it, uh, first of all, keep the conversation going. Make sure that everybody understands what we're up against and what yeah. we're doing. Yeah. I think that's, that's a, good, a good way to put it. That's a minimum that anybody can do, right? Yeah. The fact that you just know there is there are challenges that we are facing and we want to you know, solve some problems. The fact that you keep this this conversation going around, I think, is important, um, and, and becoming the main topics of a conversation rather than I mean, there are the 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 other stuff that are talked in news are also important. Of course, they're important. They're, the differences that we have is well, United States or other countries they have in their political system. Those are of course they're important. They they impact their immediate job markets. Of course, they're yeah. important. Yeah. But we cannot lose sight of tomorrow just because we have a deadline today. Yeah. And yeah, because the deadline tomorrow comes tomorrow. And if you're not looking at it, then we have another deadline. That's a bigger deadline. It's a much more massive deadline. And maybe yeah, we, you can't we, even face it without a head start. So yeah, yeah. So yeah, I think you're right. That that conversation is the minimum that anybody can do. And with regards to climate change, I agree with you. Like minimally, everybody can keep their own emission to a minimum. I mean, yes, I agree. I, I, I agree that we are beyond the fact that that's not going to solve anything, but that might help a little. It's about a mindset, uh, right? And it's about a mindset, true. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's 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 always good to. There's so many things, and always you can always ask. You can always engage politically regarding these things. When you're going to vote, simply vote for people who care about these. <laughs> oh stuff, yeah, right? that's that's definitely a pretty good. Thing. That that's the that does again. That's uh, first of all, you that's gotta right. vote. If you have a vote, you have to vote because well, that that's how democracy works. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> simply. Uh, and um, and at the same time, yeah, you got to choose uh, people who are basically uh, they align with the these concepts, right? Yeah, their yeah. their goals and missions align. So it's 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 crazy just to to say one more thing to this point. It's yeah. In Germany, I when I grew up, we were taught this in in uh, elementary school. Um, like we we had to make projects on global warming, what it is caused by. We went to the uh, local municipal um how would you call this um house i don't know the proper word to be honest say that german some people might be german and not know it. um <laughs> stadtrat cool yeah. we'll google it uh, everyone <laughs> will know what i mean <laughs> okay um and and we we talked with the major about this topic what he will do about it right. he explained yeah his point of view in it Right. And, and then we made presentations about this and, and this all happened in elementary school and then throughout secondary school, of course, everyone knew that global warming is a thing. Everyone knew that we had to do something about it. And, and I think Europeans are relatively, uh, uh, on, on a relative scale, much more conscious about this, much more aware of that. Yeah. Then going to Canada and, and hearing for the first time that there are people in this world who do not believe 
that there is such a thing as global warming uh, just blew my mind. Like, mm-hmm. I, I could not believe that these people do not believe. Interesting. Uh, which is insane. Uh, and yeah, I think th- these people definitely have to be convinced. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's not even... It, it's like looking at the sun and saying this is night. This is that obvious at this point. Yeah, but um, but in the end, I think that's not the most impactful thing we can do. Like in, instead of trying to convince other people, no, I would yeah. rather do something. Definitely not the most efficient, thing. but it's important to get everybody on board. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that's that's interesting. I, I I always had people doubters, if you will, uh, around yeah. me. So it's it's not a surprise to me ever. But it never ceases to surprise anyways, because yeah. I, it's just so simple and it's, yeah. at the same time so complicated. So it's difficult. It's difficult when to have a conversation with somebody who doesn't want to listen. So, mm. um, and yeah, anyways, it, it was a long and fun conversation. Thank you you. want to add anything at the end though? I think we, we said everything I had to be said. I think we covered everything <laughs> pretty good, right? Anyways, thank you, Lars. Thank you for thank being you, here. Thank you, Bria. After this end. Yeah. Take, Take care. care. Uh, And you guys, thank you for joining in. Take care.